Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Hello, how are you? I'm starting to feel like there's a COVID spring coming about as well as our regular spring, and the two are having a convergence. We've had a lot of kind of convergent astronomical things going on this year. Perhaps this is one of them, but it seems like we're getting a little bit more freedom because more people are getting vaccinated. And as we continue to see more people eligible for vaccination, it's going to feel more and more and more like we're moving into some kind of new new time, new birth. At the same time, the convergence is we're moving into the springtime within the calendar year. And this is a time of moving from the vata season into the kapha season or kapha season, where we're getting more moisture and the earth. And when you get moisture and earth together, you get mud. <laughs> it's the mud season. In fact, when I had a cabin in um, Rensselaer County, New York, they literally called this next season the mud season. But what's beautiful about the mud season is it provides the necessary circumstances for things to grow and seeds germinate, and then we get our summertime of plants beginning. So light is also increasing. All in all, things that tend to lift one's mood are happening. And after such a dark time, um, that could be a really nice thing for, for a lot of us. We are beings that have the potential to transcend and to you know, take a different perspective on things and try to see the best in everything. There's that old saying, you know, if someone throws you lemons, make lemonade. That's all well and good to say. Um, and sometimes we can do it. And we're also creatures of the earth. And we can't really escape our earthboundness. A lot of practices over time have tried to take that earth part away to remove mother nature from the equation and leave us in our heads leave us very ethereal and the one of the beauties of the tantra yoga that ishta yoga um, is part of is that there's an embracing of the entirety of existence as part of a oneness and this, the place where we can grow is to be willing to accept that the diversity of the earthiness of us, that it has not only good stuff going on, but stuff that's challenging going on. And when we think of that stuff as bad or wrong or I don't want that, then we start a story in our heads that creates... Um, well, what the Buddha called suffering or dukkha, the lack of sweetness. And we create um, an imperfection in what we're doing. The alternative is 
to try to get better and better at recognizing that life is going to have these ups and these downs and these challenges and these times that are fun and the spring times and the winter times and to take those in stride working to accept them as part of the whole package and um, we do that best when we have a practice that lets us not just have the philosophy, right? Which the internet is really good at preaching this philosophy and throwing us a quote by yet another wise person from history who said what I just said, right? But what we really need to do to make this real for ourselves and not just something that we can think about when we're doing well or feeling good is we need to have a practice that helps us step out of our normal pattern of thinking. And there are a lot of ways to do that. The, the way that I have found is most effective is to meditate. And in meditation, what we do is we pause the regular functioning of our mental activity that's based around the experience of the diversity of things. So literally our mind is a part of the whole scenario in which we have experiences and these experiences are this way and that way, plus and minus, black and white, hot and cold, up and down, the whole, wherever there's a spectrum and we recognize it, whether it's sonic or visual or tactile, or taste, or scent. I might have missed one in there. We've got in that noticing, in that noticing, in the experiencing, we know as soon as that's there, we're in our mental experiencing mind. What's the opposite? Pause that. How do you pause that? There's different ways. In yoga, we have an eight-limbed practice. The practice has a sort of step-by-step -step way to move through the challenging parts of stopping our engagement with that mental activity and experience. Right? So the experience and the mental activity, they're together. They're a thing. Right? <laughs> they have a relationship. And so we need to pause the two of them together. So in our yoga practice, we have this uh, set of sort of preparatory actions that we take. And they're not preparatory in that we do them and then we're done with them and then we move on. We do them all the time. They are part of the practice. One of them is, um, you know, the yamas, things you want to do less of. So ahimsa is one of those. Do no, don't harm anyone, right? So we do that all the time. We don't do it once and then stop and then, okay, I did ahimsa. <clears throat> and when we incorporate those things into our living, we, not only are we better people, like morally speaking, but that's not really the point of yoga practice. The point is that we get to be better people because 
we learn how to pause our engagement with the sensory world and its mind, and then we experience something else about ourselves. The something else about ourselves that we experience is ourselves as consciousness behind, beyond, without the diversity and the mind as the dominant thing at play. Because those things, when they're at play, they're all-encompassing. You know, they're like the greatest iPhone ever made in terms of grabbing your attention. So when we do our practice, we do these preliminary things that help us to get to that place where we can do our separating away from, or not even separating away from, but turning our attention to this other aspect of what we are. And it's it's really quite fascinating how simple it is, but how difficult it is at the same time. If you just choose, which we almost never do in our modern world, to stop doing stuff, it's very natural for us to start getting bored, start zoning out, and then usually we just get interested in something and then we start acting in the sensory spectrum again. If we don't do that, something interesting happens. Often we fall asleep. But if we're trying to see, well, what else am I? We can use the practices of yoga to make that transition easier. They are let your mind concentrate so that it's not tempted to wander back into the realm of the senses or to wander into sleep. So we train our mind to focus. We focus on something. We could even just focus on what's happening in this moment in my body as I sit down and do nothing. And one of the primary things that happens when that's going on is we're breathing. So we could simply focus on our breathing. And that is a practice that we can use in yoga, one of many practices. But we get our mind to concentrate. And as part of that, if we are turning our attention away from our senses, we end up in this place where we're not so focused on the senses themselves. Our, our attraction to them grows weaker. And in Sanskrit, there's a lovely word for it. It's called pratyahara, or withdrawing the senses. And, and the sort of historical imagery would have you imagine your senses like the limbs of a turtle drawing back into the shell in which this shell is the consciousness itself. But it's tricky to do that. So in yoga practice, we have another limb. That limb is pranayama, to work with breath, to work with our energy, to shift our energy. Yama means regulation. Pranayama means extension of the prana, extension and regulation of the prana. So working and learning how to become a master of your own energy so that 
you can take the energy that's usually used for going out through the senses and having the fun experiencing things or having suffering experiencing things, right? Because there's the spectrum out there to take that and instead to draw your energy in such a way that now your focus is away from the direction of the senses and inward toward who I am as the ability to have this awareness in the first place, the ability to have experience in the first place. So by doing pranayama, we encourage pratyahara or withdrawing of the senses. When we've withdrawn our senses, it's easier to concentrate on something subtle, on something inward, that's something that's not the typical thing we grab with our mind, like I might be able to concentrate very easily on doing something outside, like hammering a nail into a piece of wood. Because if I'm not concentrating, you know, I could miss the nail, I could overhammer, etc. So it's possible to concentrate and still be in the sensory world and still be in my mind. So what we want is a special kind of concentration, one that becomes focused inwardly. It's almost like a sixth sense. And in fact, it has the name Antar Karana, looking inward at the source of who I am. So when we can do that and we get good at it, <clears throat> which doesn't take remarkably long, I'm taught lots of people who do a serious study of yoga and all they do is they regularly practice for a while and a while might be six months if you're doing it you know, pretty regularly. And suddenly they're having the kinds of experience where, hey, wow, I really felt this drawing in. I like lost my sense of being in the room. I, I was really focused inward or I had some kind of experience. Right? And so once you learn how to do that, it becomes much more a natural part of your experiencing to turn off your outward experiencing. So we get better at doing that. We do our practices that help us to do the antar karana. We're able to concentrate. Our mind gets quiet. Our breath responds by going quiet. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> things are no longer like what we are doing. We're moving beyond the realm of doing. We're in now a realm of who am I, I am being. So the next two parts of what is typically um, described in yoga practice, the parts that are the seventh and the eighth limbs of the eight limbs of yoga are this concentration becomes effortless. It doesn't take any work to do it anymore. 
right? And that could be each time, like you might have to try to practice and then as you're concentrating, as you're keeping away, uh, turning toward outside again, so that little bit of effort that you keep pulling yourself in and keep ignoring out, it becomes effortless. And then once that's effortless, you have this experience that's different from what you normally experience. And again, it's not something that you have to do. And I always find it a little troublesome to describe because people have such unique experiences when they're experiencing themselves, when they're experiencing their nature, their awareness. And a lot of times I'll have a student say, oh, when you said blah, 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 that really helped me understand what I'm trying to do here. So, you know, it's, it's not a one size fits all thing, but rather it, there are a sort of a elimination of the things that we typically do. And when we've stopped doing those, then we open up the possibility for this other kind of experience. And I, I started this by saying that when we allow ourselves to have this experience, then when we come back into our normal living, our experiencing things through our senses, we have a different perspective on them. So this springtime happiness part that you know we get from outside circumstances, we get better and better at bringing about those kinds of contentment, those kinds of willingness to participate without judging things as better or worse for me, right? Or it's doing something to me, or it's unfair that this is going on to me or for me or about me. And we get better and better at recognizing that the whole game, the whole dance is simply happening. And we're a part of it. We're one of the dancers. And so much of our experience of it then becomes, what am I bringing to it? What state of mind am I bringing to it? What range of openness am I bringing to it? What depth of perspective am I bringing to it? What compassion am I bringing to it? What recognition that everyone else is like me am I bringing to it? So that when I am at my best because I'm seeing the whole spectrum of who I am, not just through the senses, but the grand spectrum that includes consciousness itself, what the ancients called Brahman and what yogis still call Brahman, everythingness. When I can see myself as that and that coming down in the experiencing, to have experience. Much like an author takes the time to invent a world and write it down and revel over the words and let the characters come alive. When we can experience our lives with that same wonder and joy and challenge and work, um, then 
we're bringing something really special into our living, into our experiencing. We're allowing life to be what it is. And so I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to find your way into that wholeness. I, I was saying the other day to some people when, when I was talking about why, why I do what I do or even what, I'm, what do I do, what do I bring <laughs> to the picture, right? It's that I have this really firm intuition that coming to be able to experience yourself in this way is like a stage in our living. This, no different from when you go from being a baby to being a toddler, from a toddler to being a, a child, from being a child to being an adolescent, to being an adult. Each of those stages brings a different way of experiencing our existence, a different wisdom, a different knowledge, a different understanding, a different expression. And when you are able to tap into the wholeness of yourself, it's like going from being an adult to being the next level in our own actualization. Enjoy this springtime, this springtime in our seasons. Um, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, enjoy your moving into the autumn of your time around the sun. We're all as a world moving into a place where we're having a kind of COVID spring, whichever hemisphere you live in. And every day you can have a springtime by having meditation and then coming into your living with the inspiration that that brings. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Namaste. That's today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening to Peter's podcast. I hope that you find real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living through your practice. Please support me on Patreon, rate the podcast, and I'll see you next week. Namaste.